This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ Rotowire's signature NHL pod. As you can tell, I am not Paul Bruno, who is on vacation this week, so instead I'm joined by Poker Hall of Famer and Golden Knights superfan, friend of the show, Daniel Negranu, who uh, I'll say right away, you can follow on Twitter at RealKidPoker. Daniel, thanks for jumping in for Paul this week. Absolutely. This is my favorite topic in the entire world. So getting to talk a little hockey with you sounds like a fun day. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in addition to all the, the poker content, you can find, uh, I'll throw it out there again, at Real Kid Poker. Uh, you also have that other account uh, that some of our users might be familiar with, or listeners rather, at NHL Hockey Bets. Uh, can you tell our listeners about how that came to be and kind of what they can look for in, in terms of content over there? Yeah, so obviously I'm a poker player, and I have a lot of poker players who follow me, and hockey's a passion of mine, but it might not be a passion of all my poker followers, so I thought it makes sense to set up a separate account where I can, you know, chat hockey, which is at NHL Hockey Best, as you mentioned. I also, uh, you know, share what I'm betting, and I have a spreadsheet to show how I'm doing, and I'm about break-even, maybe down two units this year. Um, I don't claim to be putting in 10 hours a day of work, uh, and, you know, uh, have a model or anything like that that's uh, efficient. So it's just my picks. You can ride them or you can fade them. If you think <laughs> I'm clueless, just bet against me. You know, you have you're more than welcome. Sure thing, sure thing. And uh, you know, maybe if it uh, you know if it really kicks off, you start hitting it well. You can add that to your your masterclass list. We can throw that on top of the the poker masterclass that you already have up there. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I think, you know, I do believe that sports betting is beatable. The issue is if you want to do it, you have to take it like a full time job and you really have to study and you have to have a model. Um, Otherwise, you know, you're just giving up a lot, especially with hockey that has so much variance. You know, you can you can be on the right side often and just come up on the losing end because, you know, again, variance and luck. Yeah, absolutely. So to that end, uh, we're going to take a little bit more of a gambling kind of handicap uh, focus, uh, if you will, Daniel and I will break down the 10 game slate for tonight. I'll talk about the spread, the money line, the over under, 
But before we get into that, I will uh, give our listeners a reminder that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, uh, you can tweet at all three of us. Feel free uh, to tweet at, at Daniel as well. We'll try and answer those questions. I know you're super active on, on Twitter there, so hopefully I'm not promising too much. But uh, you can follow me at AJScholes24. You can follow Daniel at Real Kid Poker or at NHL Hockey Bets. Uh, and you can follow my regular co-host, Paul Bruno at statsman22 so we'll dive right into it uh we'll start with your your club there in vegas the golden knights who are 14 11 and 4 squaring off with the new jersey devils uh 9 12 and 4 kind of key injuries going into the game you've got flurry uh dealing with a, a personal issue you've got eakin who's been out long term and then jack hughes day to day uh it looks like on his end no real word yet uh on whether or not he'll be available for the game. Uh, your likely starters tonight, Garrett Sparks uh, for the Golden Knights, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood uh, for the Devils. Looking at spread, you've got Vegas minus one and a half, uh, a plus 170 bet on that. New Jersey, obviously, then plus one and a half with minus 210 there. Money line Vegas minus 145, New Jersey plus 125, and then an over-under of six. Uh, from the reports I've seen, it sounds like maybe there's a chance Flurry could play tonight. I think that's more likely trending towards not, but how would that change your approach to this game tonight? Well, yeah, I would most certainly really uh, keep an eye on the goalie situation here. Flurry is not injured. Uh, as you mentioned, it was a family issue. His father passed away at the age of 63 a few days ago, um, so he was in Montreal for that. Um, but again, he's fully healthy, and Montreal is close enough to New Jersey where you know there's still a possibility that you see Flurry in that. There's also still a possibility that Galan rides, uh, you know, Malcolm Subban, who has been really good all year. You know, sometimes I listen to your podcast and uh, you know Statsman is, uh, is is talking about trading Subban, and I'm like, whoa, hold the phone. <laughs> you know, this is not you know. Here's the issue with a backup goalie: if you hardly ever play, it's hard to get in a rhythm. Well, Subban's had a chance to start three games in a row. He's won all three. You know, his uh, goals above expectation is right around par. So for a backup goaltender, he's doing fine. In the shootouts, there, he might be the best shootout goalie in the league. And as you know, there's a different skill set required. And Subban's strengths are, you know, in close. Maybe, you know, seeing through traffic and issues like that are a problem for him. Also for Vegas right now, you have an other, another injury with Cody Eakin, which puts Cody Glass in his correct position, which is center. And, uh, you know, he's playing alongside... Tuck and Carrier, who got a lift up from the fourth line. Uh, Tuck was an absolute monster last night against the Rangers. Really looked good. And, and New Jersey, just an absolute mess. You have to assume a new coach is coming to New Jersey because they've just looked abysmal. I watched the other night uh, New Jersey Rangers where New Jersey had like 17 minutes of power play without Jack Hughes in the lineup, mind you. They had a five-minute major. They had a four-minute you know, double minor. And they were minus two on the power play to the Rangers. So... You know, New Jersey's like ripe for the pickings right now. Taylor Hall wants out. P.K. Subban doesn't look so good. So, I would again, watch the goalie situation. But if it looks good, I don't know if I would back Sparks and lay, and lay the spread. But in this game, if you are going to bet it, I would, I would lay the goal and a half with Vegas um, and, uh, you know, take back the juice. And also likely bet the over because, you know, uh, New Jersey just, again, looks like a complete mess right now. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you on on both those. Uh, I really like you know the the Vegas minus one and a half there. I really think they can uh, capitalize against, as you point out, a pretty uh, listless New Jersey team. 
Uh, next game on the slate tonight, the 15-9-4 Coyotes against the 11-11-4 Blue Jackets. Key injuries here, nothing really for, for Arizona. I guess you could add uh, Nicholas Jarmelson, uh, Jarmelson rather, if, if you're inclined, but I, I wouldn't really count that too much. Then Zach Wierenski for the Blue Jackets, definitely a big one for their blue line. Goalies, you're going to have Darcy Kemper, Jonas Corposalo going up against each other tonight. Both those guys confirmed in. Uh, your spread, Columbus minus one and a half at a plus 230. Arizona plus one and a half at minus 280. Money line, Columbus minus 125. Arizona plus 105. And then an over under of five and a half. Is there anything you find particularly intriguing here or, or bets that you like uh, in kind of this, this early uh, game? Well, you know, for the past year and a half or so, I've been a real, I've been riding Arizona pretty hard. They've slowed down of late with a couple losses, uh, you know, some key losses to Vegas and uh, San Jose. But they're in every game. You know, as you mentioned, a key injury is Wierenski out for Columbus. Um, you know, so I, and, you know, the total being five and a half, that's a pretty low number typically. But it looks like, you know, these are two teams that play a pretty defensive style. But you will get heavy juice if you bet the over, most likely, probably plus 120 or more. And, uh, you know, and also I think Columbus too. A lot of people came into the season expecting them to be like horrendous, especially you know defensively without Bobrovsky. But if you look at the situation now, Corpusalo's been decent. Bobrovsky has not in Florida, so they haven't been giving up too much on that end. So, um, I'm, but I'm still going to go if I had to. You know, if you put a gun to my head here, I would take uh, I would take Columbus and the over. Uh, but this is going to be you know this this one could go either way. Yeah, I definitely agree there. And and your point about you know Bobrovsky, I. I'm not one who subscribes to the theory of once guys get paid, they just kind of quit out there. I just don't think that mentality gets you to be a professional athlete. So I really don't buy into that. But he's making an intriguing argument for that. I know the team around him has some question marks as well, but to be as bad as Bobrovsky has been uh, in Florida for after earning that big paycheck is is saying a lot. Uh, we'll you know, take, you, you know ahead. what else it does? Sorry, I want to inject there. You know what else it really shows, I think, too, is how much a system – plays into you know what we when we sort of put these goalies on a pedestal like you know playing in Columbus with Seth Jones and Wierenski and going to Florida with a much more wide open style he's exposed a little bit more and you know you look at Vasilevsky and everyone talks so highly about him and he's a decent goalie but I mean he's playing on a pretty damn good team and and that says a lot about you know how good like if you look at you know if you if I played goal in Dallas where I played for the Islanders I'd do okay you know (laughs) I I couldn't be that bad and and I've, I've never really played goal in my life. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. Uh and and definitely something to to consider when you when you see goalies moving uh for your those season long listeners that are out there. I know we're taking a a betting angle today, but something to consider if your goalie if you're in a dynasty league and your goalie switches teams. Uh we'll look at the Hurricanes who are 16 uh, 10 and 1 on the year going up against the Bruins uh 19-3 and 5. Your key injuries here for Carolina, Eric Halla, uh, still sideline, doesn't seem like it's going to be back anytime soon. Boston, you've got uh, their top center, Patrice Bergeron, continues to be out. Looks like he'll be out at least the next two games as well, and then Nick Ritchie uh, missing uh, as well there. So uh, he's out tonight, and I'm sorry, Brett Ritchie, uh, confusing him with the wrong wrong Ritchie. Your starters tonight uh, looks like project, projected rather to be Morazic here, and then Halak will get the start tonight, uh, confirmed for Boston. Spread, you've got the Bruins minus 1.5 at a plus 170. 
Carolina plus 1.5 at a minus 200. Moneyline, Boston minus 150. Carolina plus 125. And an over-under at 6. Boston has been on a tear all season. But without Bergeron, do you take a shot at the Canes tonight at plus 125? Yeah, no, I think you really hit on hit the nail on the head with you know the issue with Boston here, which is Bergeron being out at center. You know, two th- one third one third of the essentially best line in hockey. But Boston seems to just keep moving along, and you know they do have their quote unquote backup goalie in Halak, but he's fantastic. He's been great all season. Um, I wouldn't say that I love anything here, but if I had to you know pick one side, I would go with Carolina and possibly you know take a flyer on the under. Um, but yeah, no, the, the numbers seem pretty spot on. Not surprisingly from the bookmakers on this one, uh, should be a good one. Carolina's, you know, a really solid team. Um, and you know, Boston's actually at like a 131 point pace on the season right now. They probably won't be able to keep that up. So you have to imagine there'll be some points where they're going to have some off nights. Uh, there've been, they've been few and far between so far this season. But, uh, if I had to bet on one, it, it may camp come tonight against Carolina. For sure. And and that's a, a really good point about, you know, kind of long term, whether or not they can continue this. And, and it would be a, a historic season, to say the least. Uh, you know, from there, our next game of the night, for me, at least, is is possibly the, the least compelling. Uh, it's the Wild, uh, who are 12, 11 and four, and they're visiting the Panthers 13, eight and five. Your key injuries here. Uh, Devin Dubnik is is away from the team. Um, for a personal matter, his, his wife is dealing with the illness. Florida doesn't have any significant injuries right now. Uh, your confirmed starters on both ends. So we're going to get, uh, Capo Kakonen, uh, the kind of third goalie for, for Minnesota against Chris Dredger, uh, for Florida, both guys, uh, confirmed in the nets tonight, your spread Panthers minus one and a half at plus 200 Minnesota plus one and a half at minus 240. Money line Florida minus 135, Minnesota plus 115, and then a high over under tonight, 6.5. Pretty, pretty high uh, for hockey there. That's about the limit of what you'll see. But with a pair of backups slash, you know, third goalie going against each other, this has still got to be an option tonight, right? To take the over on this one? Yeah, no question about it. You know, you mentioned the two goalies. Dredger, uh, he, you know, he played his first game and posted a shutout somehow against Nashville. So you have to imagine his confidence is high, as well as Kakinen, who, you know, he was actually good in his opener as well, allowing only two goals with like a 9-4-4 save percentage or something like that. But again, these guys are like third-string goalies, and you're dealing with a Florida offense that can score. That top line is underrated with Huberto, Barkov, Dadnov, and then you have Trocek at uh, second-line center. So I, I think this is a spot where, you know, uh, over might make a lot of sense, as well as um, I, I think Minnesota's overachieving and Florida again can really score. So in spots where a team can really score, I don't mind laying the spread so much cause you get back a lot of juice here. So I would take Florida minus one and a half taking back two to one and also fire the over. Absolutely. I, I love that Florida call. Uh, and again, you know, it's as Daniel's kind of alluded to for some of our listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with, with betting terms here, you know, at, at plus 200, as he said, that's two to one on your money. Uh, so really getting a, a high return value for that that bet there. So we'll we'll dive right in. Next matchup, the seemingly un, unstoppable 17-5-2 uh, Islanders on the road against the 11-10-6 Canadians. Your key injuries, uh, Islanders pretty much healthy. Montreal pretty banged up here. Druin uh, and uh, Paul Byron have been out for a while. Then you add Victor Mete, who 
is kind of a role player on this team, but I think anytime you're stretching the defense, uh, defensive depth, I think that it's something worth pointing out. Your likely starters tonight, Thomas Grice on one end, Carey Price on the other. Islanders coming into this on the back-to-back. So you have Montreal minus 1.5 at plus 210. The Islanders plus 1.5 at minus 250. Moneyline, Montreal minus 125. Islanders plus 105, an over-under of 6. As I mentioned, this is a a team entering the second game of a back-to-back in New York. Does that factor into your decisions at all? And if so, how much? No, absolutely. Significantly, it factors in. And a couple key things that I'll look to is who is the backup goalie? Because typically what you're seeing now with back-to-back games is most coaches are going with a split. So, you know, the, the starter will play one half and the backup playing the back, to, the, the, the back half of that. Um, the other issue, too, I'd look at is how rested is the other team. In Montreal seems quite rested here. Last night, the Islanders played against Detroit, which is, you know, I, you could assume now is considered the worst team in the league. And if you look at their expected goals... Detroit actually was three to two winner against Islanders, and Islanders have found them this in this themselves in this spot quite often. Not only this season, but last season, I'd call them the luckiest team running two years. You know, the bookmakers always give you a really good price on the Islanders, and they're basing it on analytics and possession stats. They know that this whole Islanders team is mostly a mirage. Either that, or Barry Trotz has figured out something that. No one else in hockey really gets, which is the idea that you don't want to hold on to the puck. You just dump it in the other zone and hope to get it back and just play defense and, and hope to find a crack. And that's what the Islanders have been depending on. Um, having said that, on a back-to-back, a hungry Montreal team that really needs a win to get back into it, um, I'm going to lay the small amount of juice here on the money line with Montreal, lay the 125, and uh, and fire the under. I expect a, you know, a better performance from Carey Price here who hasn't been great this season, but he's a, you know, he's a world-class goalie and, uh, you know, he, he might show up big tonight against the Islers team who just literally dumps the puck over and over and over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tried and true strategy, at least in, uh, you know, certain levels of hockey. I know uh, it's something we tell our high school guys all the time, because you know what, uh, this will be a shock. High schoolers are not great at carrying the puck into the zone. So you tell them, to dump and then go to work from there. So uh, it definitely works at lower levels, and, and it seems for the Islanders it's, it's working at the NHL level as well. So our last game of kind of the early slate of contests here, we've got uh, your hometown Maple Leafs, or, or former hometown, if you will, uh, 13-11-4, and four going up against uh, my favorite team, uh, the Flyers, 15-7-5. and five. Key injuries here, obviously, for Toronto, Mitch Marner, uh, being unavailable, that's that's a big blow that they've been dealing with for a while, though it sounds like a possibility he could return later this week, uh, trending in that direction, at least for Philadelphia. There's not any real significant new injuries other than the continued absence of our buddy, uh, who you and I have had long debates about, Nolan Patrick. Uh, for your starters, we've got both confirmed starters here. Freddie Anderson goes for Toronto uh, and uh, Carter Hart for the Flyers. Philadelphia minus one and a half at plus 230. Toronto plus one and a half at minus 280. Uh, money line, Philadelphia minus 110. Toronto also minus 110 here and then an over-under of six and a half. Now, personally, I'm a little surprised to see the over-under quite this high considering you have Freddie Anderson. Uh, going for the Leafs and, and Carter Hart, who's actually been uh, pretty decent and solid in his rookie year. Uh, for me, I think that has me taking the under. Uh, what, what do you think, Daniel? 
Yeah, you know, so if Babcock was still coaching this Leaf team, I would agree. But with a new coach and a new approach, you're seeing this Leaf team, you know, they're no longer, you know, playing to their weaknesses, which is, you know, what the Islanders are doing, the dump and chase and trying to retrieve. That's just not how the Leafs were really built to succeed. And Sheldon Keefe has them playing a much more up-tempo game. They're going to be scoring more. Um, obviously that, you know, there are two major concerns on betting the over here, which is you've got two really good goalies in Anderson and Hart. Um, having said that, you know, I feel like both the Leafs, um, and, uh, you know, Philly can put pucks in the net, uh, have, you know, decent offenses. I also, I'm really surprised to see this money line being, being a pick Um, Philly's a much improved team and the Leafs, even though they do have a new coach in tow, um, this is like a 500 team going on over a year now. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I would actually take a flyer on Philly. Uh, at home, and um, I, w- I'm, I have, a, I have a, a feeling about this game possibly being a, a high-scoring affair, so I'm going to go with the over. All right, there you go. That's uh, that's one uh, for the listeners out there. Uh, do you take, you know, Daniel, who's a little bit more familiar with all this, or, or do you take, uh, you know, my pick here? Let us know. Uh, I'll throw out there again on on Twitter at uh, NHL Hockey Bets or at AJ Scholes Two Four. Uh, let us know on this one. Who do you? What do you have there? Six and a half, the over/under for Philadelphia and Toronto. Uh, who are you going? Moving on from there, we got the Stars at uh, who are fifteen, ten, and three going up against the Winnipeg Jets, who are sixteen, uh, ten, and one. Key injuries for Dallas. There's nothing really uh, new or significant there as well. Obviously, Stephen Johns continues to be sidelined, but that uh, shouldn't be breaking news for anybody. In Winnipeg, you've got uh, a pretty banged up blue line here. Uh, in addition, you got Brian Little is out. They just uh, announced today they lost Dmitry Kulikov through the the break. Dustin Bufflin has been away from the team uh, as part of the contract or, or suspension issue uh, related to his ankle injury. So uh, a pretty thin blue line here. Uh, starters tonight, both confirmed again. Uh, you've got uh, Q Dobin. Uh, going up against Heliobuck, and then Dallas minus one and a half at plus two fifty. Pretty sizable juice there for you if you want to take that one. Winnipeg plus uh, one and a half at minus three hundred. Your money line Dallas minus one twenty. Winnipeg plus one hundred or, or even uh, if you will. And then our over under at five and a half. Now I've got more of a general philosophy question here for you, Daniel. Do you do you go for even money bets like the Jets tonight, or is this something that just doesn't seem the wor- worth the risk, and you'd rather take something with a little bit higher juice? No, absolutely. I mean, if I feel like you know, even you know, if that's the right side, um, then then I would absolutely go that way. On this occasion, I don't. I think Dallas is a much better team, and as you mentioned, you know, when you were talking about key injuries, you know, Dallas has had plenty throughout the season. They don't right now. They're very very healthy on defense. Missing Stephen Johns is not an issue. They have plenty of plug-ins. Uh, that can play on that third pairing. And uh, I think Winnipeg, is it's quite amazing that they're doing as well as they have and staying alive in this race with that depleted decor. You mentioned, you know, Dustin Bufflin. They also lost Tyler Myers. They lost, you know, half of their defensive core. And as you mentioned, Kulikov, you know, being out. Um, Hellebuck has really kept them in it. Uh, having said that, you know, the total is five and a half. That's quite low. And, uh, you know, if you are getting heavy juice coming back, like plus 120 or plus 130, which it looks like you may, I might take a flyer and betting Dallas in the over here because I do believe, you know, Dallas is the better team. And uh, uh, it's it's hard to depend on a goalie to save you every single night uh, as, as, you know, in the, quite the way that Hellebuck has been doing so far. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, right on there with, with Hellebuck really carrying this team. And uh, I've been surprised at how well he's been able to perform given, as you mentioned, the, the depleted core in front of him. I think they 
certainly we're anticipating having Bufflin back. You don't let Myers and Truba leave uh, if that's not the case uh, there. So our next matchup uh, for me is likely the game of the night here. You've got the Lightning 12-9-3 against the Predators 12-10-4, although both teams have struggled a little bit uh, more than we were used to last season. Key injuries here, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, doesn't really have anything uh, really banged up there, pretty healthy right now, although they have had some injury issues throughout the season. And then for Nashville, uh, Victor Arvidsson uh, still out after uh, that that debacle with Robert Bertuzzo. I'll, I'll avoid getting on my soapbox again for that one. Your starters tonight, Vasilevsky projected to start. He'll go up against Pekka Rene, who is a confirmed starter tonight. You've got Nashville minus one and a half at plus 230. Tampa Bay plus one and a half at minus 280. Your money line here, Nashville minus 115. Tampa Bay minus 105. And then an over-under of 6.5. Look, I know that we've seen uh, that Vasilevsky is human this year compared to years in the past. And and Pekka Rene, uh, up until his most recent outing, had been uh, downright terrible. But a six and a half over-under here, uh, it's got to be a little high, you think, right? Oh boy, I think Tampa Bay could score seven on their own. You know, I mean, really, uh, the, you know, the Tampa Bay offense is really dynamic. They've been turning the corner, been watching a lot of, uh, you know, their games recently. And just, you know, especially that power play, it's just lethal. Uh, Rene, as you said, has had his struggles. And uh, for Tampa Bay, you know, I would I would monitor that goalie situation. Um, it does currently say, pot, you know, Vasilevsky, but it could be McElhinney, um, which is a, you know, pretty significant drop off here um no i really like the over here uh two teams that can score and uh, as i said tampa turning the corner I, i'm actually going to take tampa bay and the over nashville looks to really be struggling which is a surprise you know they uh you know they picked up matt duchene in the offseason and lost pk suban who seems lost himself in new jersey you know you think the team is uh, upgraded somewhat but they don't look like they've got it together yet while tampa bay with a few games in hand you know in the standings you might they might not look like they're doing quite as well because of that but uh, they've really been good you know the last seven or eight games well we'll kick off the what i would call the the late night slate uh, but uh in your case just the the evening slate out out there in the desert uh with the senators who are 11 15 and 1 going up against the vancouver canucks 13 11 and 4 key injuries uh you've got anderson uh for uh for ottawa and then on the vancouver side uh Alex Edler and Jacob Markstrom. So uh, that's going to have us going. Likely starters Anders Nilsson is confirmed uh, in the Nets, and then more likely than not, Thatcher Demko on the other side with Markstrom unavailable here. Vancouver minus one and a half at plus one fifty. Ottawa plus one and a half at minus one seventy five. Your money line: Vancouver minus one seventy. Ottawa plus one forty five. Over under of six. Look heading into the season. I didn't expect to be picking Ottawa at any point for anything, season-long DFS or betting. But at plus 145 uh, and a team that's been outperforming, this feels like a good spot to use them tonight. Well, there's no question, as you mentioned, that Ottawa has been better. And, you know, the main area that is really, you know, we've seen an uptick on, you know, is uh, in the last couple of years they've ranked the bottom third or like the bottom five in terms of defense. But this year they're right in the middle at 13th in goals against per average. They have lost four in a row, though. Uh, you know, Van- Vancouver does have a dynamic offense with Quinn Hughes and Elias Peterson. Um, this is a spot where I think, you know, Vancouver's in the thick of it. They're hungry uh, and they're at home. So I would actually – I'm going to lay the one and a half with Vancouver, take back the juice, and fire the over – 
expecting them to put some past uh, Anders Nilsson. All right. Well, last but certainly not least tonight, you've got uh, the 19-4-5 and five Capitals facing off with the 15-12-1 and one Sharks. Key injuries here, Backstrom and Hagelin, though it sounds like Hagelin is all set to be activated before tonight's game. On the Sharks' side, uh, nothing really significant for them right now. Your starters, Braden Hopi, will be between the pipes, uh, projected to go up against Marty Jones. You've got Washington, minus 1.5 at plus 210, and then San Jose, plus 1.5 at minus 250. Money line here, Washington, minus 125, San Jose, plus 105 an over-under of six. Uh, Personally, I'm a little surprised to see the Sharks at just plus 105. I'd expected slightly better odds uh, despite the cross-country trip rather for for Washington. You know, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I think, you know, not too long ago before the season started, you know, most people were talking about San Jose being a contender, uh, and they've really been playing much better in the last seven or eight games, and significantly so. Uh, Eric Carlson has been unbelievable. Martin Jones seems to have steadied himself a little bit. And San Jose's right in the dogfight right now, playing for a playoff berth. Washington really, you know, they're going to coast the division title. I think they've learned from past years that chasing the President's Cup isn't worth, you know, giving up, uh, you know, that sort of freshness in the playoffs in order to win. Uh, The total is actually six and a half um, from what I have. And um, in this case, I like San Jose at home. Um, and I also like the over. This one could be a back and forth, uh, you know, just 5-4 game. I could see that happening very easily with two teams that can put pucks in the net um, and neither really being, you know, what I would call defensive stalwarts, uh, in, you know, by any stretch. So I like San Jose and over here, and uh, this is one I'm actually likely going to fire for sure uh, to actually bet tonight. Well, yeah, and I'll just throw out there again, if, if you want to see uh, kind of what Daniel is going to take uh, for his picks tonight, it's at NHL Hockey Bets uh, over there on Twitter. Now, uh, we kind of ran through that pretty quick, so I'm going to pick your brain uh, kind of off the cuff here. Your team made, uh, the Golden Knights made kind of a minor move uh, last night. They acquired Chandler Stevenson uh, for a 2021 fifth round pick. Do you know much about him? Do you like the depth addition here uh, from the, the Golden Knights? Well, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's a depth addition. They don't really need them, but, you know, they have plenty of picks coming up. And, you know, they've given up, what, like a fifth-round pick to acquire him. Uh, Cody Eakin is week-to-week now with some with a concussion or something along those lines. Um, they do have Nicholas Waugh, who's playing fourth-line center now, that uh, glasses up uh, on the third-line center. You've got Carrier moving up to the third line. So this just feels like a depth move addition. I don't know that he's going to add much. I don't know that he improves the bottom six at all. Um, and I expect him to be playing, uh, more games in Chicago than he is with the actual Vegas Golden Knights. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'll kind of leave it open. Is there anything else, uh, any other intriguing topics here from the NHL throughout the start of the season, Golden Knights specific or not, uh, that you've really found intriguing, uh, as we've kicked off, you know, pretty much we're through the first two months of the season and, and anything that you've kind of, uh, been excited or intrigued about. Well, yeah, you know, like every NHL season, people are surprised about one thing or another. Um, what's really been intriguing to me is just the debacle that's happened in New Jersey. Um, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, were really high on that team, um, you know, specifically because, you know, it looks like you have a, t- a healthy Taylor Hall. Well, he's been a major disappointment. Wayne Simmons, you sort of are getting what you kind of expected with him. You bring in Jack Hughes, which, you know, has been fine. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a rookie. He's only 18 years old. Got a lot to learn and a ton of upside. And you brought in this, you know, high-priced, 
high, highly praised player, Nikita Gusev, that they picked up in a trade from uh, you know Vegas, and he's been a defensive like mess, like an absolute liability. Um, and then, of course, you know the main reason I think you know this team, well, aside from goaltending, which has been problematic, the main thing that you look at as a disappointment is PK Subban. You know, remember that trade Shea Weber for PK Subban, and <laughs> most ninety-five percent of people polled said, "What a great trade for Nashville." Look at Shea Weber today. Shea Weber is a stalwart for Montreal. He's you know you know leading the team in ice time and goals, assists. And PK Subban is just floundering in New Jersey. So it's funny. It's fun to play, you know, revisionist history and look back a couple of years because a lot of times people see a trade and think, what, you know, like in Vegas, when we gave up, gave up Nikita Gusev, people in this town were just asking for, you know, McCrimmon's head. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> this guy's amazing. You know, they're paying him $4.5 million right now to play fourth line wing uh, in a lot of cases. And he's just, you know, this guy, when you watch Gusev, you think, man, this guy's got some flashes of brilliance here, but he's 160 pounds soaking wet. He's smaller than I am, right? <laughs> Which is not saying much. And, you know, he's, it's taken him some time to adjust defensively. And that's been the biggest problem in New Jersey. So I would monitor closely, you know, the, uh, the coaching change that is inevitable here. We saw Bob Babcock go down. Um, and also, you know, on a side note, we've seen somewhat in, in, in a, a trend in hockey now where there's almost like what we call like a Me Too movement with coaches and, you know, abusive behavior, whether it's, you know, yelling at the players, kicking them in the back. Recently, you know, she saw Mark Crawford, um, you know, being investigated for something like that and expect a lot more stories like that to come out uh, similar to what we saw with the Me Too movement. Yeah, I'm really surprised uh, some of those stories that, that have come out, you know, uh, just uh, kicking, you know, kicking guys in the in the back on the bench just feels like just so out of nowhere, unnecessary. Now, I'm I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of people that love Sean Avery over uh, the course of his career, but uh, you know that that just seems like so excessive and and something just out of nowhere. Um, and I absolutely agree with you on on everything with with New Jersey. There, I think the interesting thing about Subban is that he was. Uh, you know, at the time of the trade and even the first couple of years, it was hard to really evaluate because Shea Weber had that injury, uh, played just 26 games in, in 2017-18. So it really did look like Nashville won that side of it. Um, but yeah, now that they've moved on from him as well and, and really struggling in, in New Jersey there. So, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of PuckCast with Statsman and AJ Daniel. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show today and step in for Paul. It's a pleasure, man. Anytime you guys want to talk hockey, I'm down to do it. Uh, it's a passion of mine, and uh, you know, on all things we covered, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would wait to make sure that all the goalie matchups are, you know, what they're supposedly supposed to be right now, because a lot of which side you're taking should depend on who's in net. Oh, absolutely, and a great little tidbit of advice at the end there. So our next episode uh, of PuckCast will take place on Tuesday, December 10th. Please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me at AJScholes24. You can follow poker legend Daniel Negreanu at RealKidPoker or at NHL Hockey Bets. Uh, and then Paul the Statsman at Statsman22. So long, everybody.